Welcome to the Smart Influencer Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Christina Hitchcock. And I'm Corinne Schmidt. We're both entrepreneurs, online influencers, strategy junkies, and spreadsheet ninjas. Each week, you'll hear inspiring interviews and leave with actionable tips and strategies to help you work smarter and scale faster. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Smart Influencer Podcast. Today, there are some exciting announcements about the future of the podcast. Plus, we're talking about all the mistakes we've made in business, what we did to overcome them, and how you can avoid making the same errors. This episode is jam-packed, so let's get to it. Well, smart influencers, I have some fantastic news. There are some exciting changes coming to the Smart Influencer podcast. I am bringing on a co-host. She is my good friend and another fellow Smart Influencer, Corinne Schmidt. So introduce yourself, Corinne. Hi, everybody. I'm Corinne. I blog over at Wonder Mom Wannabe. I also have a few other sites, um, but that's my main site. I am a mom of five. I am married to a retired Marine, so we moved around a whole lot. Um, And that is mostly what I blog about. Some of the tips and tricks I learned while while living military life with a whole slew of children with me. I am very excited to be joining Christina. Uh, We are very good friends. We do a lot of work together. We're gonna be talking about some of that and we've just decided to merge our worlds and, and have everything interface together to make things again, more efficient, uh, work a little smarter and, and not so hard and do everything on our own. Yeah. What I love about, I think our relationship is that our brains work in the same way. Like we, we, they, they operate in the same way. So we're having the same ideas, but we both approach things from a totally different perspective. So if you could see my hands, cause I'm a, you know, the Italian in me comes out and I talk with my hands, but we, we kind of come at things from totally different directions. And then we meet in the middle and we end up at the same end point. It's uncanny the way that works. It is. But yeah. It is. So we've been working together for a little while now, and we're building something pretty awesome, we think. Um, We've started a website called Digital CEO Circle, where we're offering products and services to help digital creators work smarter and not harder. Um, One of the main products that we're putting under the Digital CEO Circle brand is this Smart Influencer podcast. So going forward, you'll be able to find all of our episodes over there. Um, digitalceocircle.com. We've also come up with some products that we've designed to help influencers work smarter, not harder. Do you want to start digging into those, Corinne? Into our products? Oh, yeah. sure. Um, so we've got a couple of the systems that we use to manage our business. Uh, and we're, I think we're going to talk in greater detail about that a little bit later when we start to talk about some of the mistakes we've made and, and how we've streamlined some of our processes and systems. Uh, we also have one for goal setting because both Christina and I are very goal oriented. And where we think a lot of people go wrong, ourselves included, is forgetting to follow up on your goals and keep tabs on them. So we've got a product to, um, to help you do that as well. And that's over there on digital CEO circle. 
Yeah. And one of our flagship products um, is the blog hive where we're connecting and engaging with bloggers in an online mentoring community. So it's a private group where, you know, we're meeting regularly with the members, the blog hive members, and we are sharing all the behind the scenes. I mean, you get a look at what's going on in our workflows, in our systems and everything. Um, It's a great place to get ideas, share inspiration, and just learn from other influencers how to work smarter and not harder. Um, We are also offering uh, 10-minute tips through the Blog Hive. So you can find that on um, Facebook and Instagram under the Blog Hive. Every Thursday at 1245 Eastern Standard Time, we are over there live um, and the warts and all, you see it all <laughs> our technology snafus and everything. Um, but we're sharing tips on 10 minute, like a quick 10 minute tip on things you can implement right now to make your business more effective. So we're going to be talking about some of the mistakes that we've made in our own businesses and really how we overcame them. And then the point of the, of talking about them today is to help you avoid them altogether. We don't want you to make the same mistakes that, that we've made. These are things that we learned over the years as we found that we were either losing money, wasting time, um, or just working inefficiently. So we're going to dive right into those. Okay. So the first mistake I want to share is not following the data. And I was so guilty of this um, a while back. When I first started my website, I was creating things or content that I wanted to create, right? I was making the recipes that my family would enjoy and things that I was interested in making, but I wasn't necessarily digging into my analytics and seeing what people were actually interested in or what Google wanted to share to their to um, to their audience. So that is the first mistake: is follow the data, right? Dig into your analytics, take yourself completely out of the picture. I mean, it is your website. You can make whatever you want, right? But if you want to gain traction, you need to be following that data and you need to understand what your followers and readers want to know more about, what Google is recognizing you for and what they're willing to serve up in the search results. And you know, take that data and translate that into your content. Um, it's really been life-changing since I've done that. My traffic has skyrocketed since I've taken that, the, the following the data approach. Um, and it's, it's just, it's good business sense, right? We're not doing what we want to do. And it's actually easier. Like once you start yes. to follow, like then you have a very clear pathway of what you're supposed to be writing and even when you're supposed to be publishing it, as opposed to just throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that whatever idea you've come up with today will work. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's a much better recipe for success and it's much easier to follow. Yeah, it's the smart way of, of doing it and really having the data to back you up. So that is my first mistake that I would recommend you do not make. <laughs> So mine, and this was a big one, and it's one of those that from a business perspective, it seems silly that it even needs to be said, but a lot of us do it. And I was guilty of it for a very long time and fall into this habit again and again. And that is not staying on top of expenses. It is very easy because things change so fast in our world to pick up a new tool, to pick up a new scheduler, to invest in a course. So spending money on things that, because you do, you have to spend money to get some of the things done that we need to do. 
But if you're not tracking that and you're not going back and seeing which tool that you've taken on now that's duplicating maybe some of the other functions of the tool that you were paying for before that you forgot to cancel. So like doing that analysis of what am I paying for that, you know, that is duplicating things that I am paying for twice, getting rid of those, having recurring expenses for things that you no longer use. Like, they rope us in, especially if you're like me and you like the annual deal. So like, I like the discounted pricing of signing up for the annual fee as opposed to a monthly fee, because usually you get it at a discount then. But if somewhere in the middle of the year you stopped using it, you forget about it till it re-ups and you've now paid for another year you don't need. And not a lot of services will let you get the refund after you've re-upped. So staying on top of those types of expenses and then tracking the things that you've bought to make sure that you use them. And this is an organizational thing too, because I can't tell you how many times I've swiped up an AppSumo deal and shelved it. Like I knew I didn't need it now, but because it was a lifetime deal, I didn't want to be paying a script subscription fee later when I was gonna grow into that. And then later when I grow into it, I end up paying for a service because I forget that I have this lifetime deal sitting in my, you know, <laughs> sitting on my hard drive somewhere. So this again comes down to organization, like having a place that you can track that, but keep track of what you're spending your money on recurring and otherwise, so that you know what you have, you know, what assets you have, you know, what tools that you're using and you're not wasting money because we, we give up a lot of dollars. We don't need to give up just by being disorganized. I am so guilty of this. I, in prepping for this episode, I checked into mine and I'm currently paying for not one, but two email service providers each month and not one, but two, um, social media scheduling tools per month. Um, so there's clearly some things that have been added to my to-do list of services that need to be canceled. And, you know, think about how many things you sign up for that go on a credit card that you just don't even notice. Um, I know for me, Apple is one of those. When Apple shows up on my credit card, it's just Apple and a dollar amount. And I really have to go in and ferret out what all those things mean so that I'm not paying for things I'm no longer using. Yeah. So that's a great tip. My next mistake that I made is not being consistent. So when I first started blogging, it was a hobby. It was a side gig for me. It wasn't even really a gig. It was just something I was doing. Um, I was working full time. I was a new mom. I had a lot going on. So I really wasn't um, being consistent in my publishing because I had so much going on. So I would recommend that Whatever you're going to do, just be consistent, whether it's going to be, you know, posting once a week or three times a week, just make a schedule, something you can stick to and stay with that. And I would recommend erring on the side of caution with that. So if you think you can publish three times a week, maybe commit to definitely getting one post up. And then if you can get the other two out, great, but at least you're getting one out every week. So, you know, don't go in saying, oh, I'm going to post every day of the week. And that's going to be my schedule because that's going to, if, if it's something you're not used to doing, it's going to become overwhelming really fast. And then you're going to get burnt out and you're gonna be like, I can't do anything. So to avoid that burnout, commit to the lowest amount you think you can do. And then anything else is gravy really, but being consistent in all of your publishing, whether it's on your blog or your social networks or YouTube or TikTok or wh wherever you're publishing, consistency is key. 
And this ties back to what you had first talked about with the data. Mm -hmm. Your data is very unreliable if your posting schedule is unreliable. So like, and you had talked about this elsewhere about your Google web stories that you noticed that when you weren't publishing every day, all of a sudden it was like you reset. So and same thing, if you're doing Instagram stories, all it takes is, you know, if you're posting every day and then disappear for a week, you're right back at ground zero because your audience got used to you showing up and then you disappeared. So your data then when you go to look at that, it's very inconsistent and you can't glean as much from it as if you're showing up every day and you can figure out when your peak times are, who your audience is, because they, they grow with your consistency. Yeah. Consistency is huge. Um, you know, it, it's, and it, like I said, it doesn't have to be, you know, overwhelming or big. It just needs to be, you need to do something, you know, just publish once a week. If that's what you can do, just there's, there's no shame in that. Just get it done and get it up there. And then it allows you to make a plan for getting scheduled, right? Cause you can sit down if you know, you're going to publish at a bare, a bare minimum once a week, you can sit and map that out, you know, for a couple of months, so you have an idea of where you want to be. It's almost like meal planning, right? So you're not stressed out at dinner time. You kind of write everything down for the week. Look at it like that with your, um, with your website, map everything out. So you're not stressed out trying to figure out what to publish. And then you can go ahead and get that stuff scheduled. And then if you have time and you want to build upon it, have at it. So my next mistake ties in with this because I don't have a very consistent personality. I have, I love to plan. I love big ideas. Um, I don't like the, the grunge work, uh, you know, that comes with that consistency. So, and this is something that over the years, I really had to work out some systems to fix because the biggest mistake I think that a lot of us bloggers make is not following through. So we will go to a conference and we'll get all these great ideas and we'll say, oh, you know, we learned so much and then we are going to come back and we're going to implement it all. And we implement none of it because we get back and we're right back in the daily grind or we buy a course. And as we all know, courses are expensive. You spend a lot of money on a course and most people don't even finish the course. <laughs> they don't even finish it to like to fail at implementing it. So, and I'm so guilty. Like I, again, we're, you know, I'm basing this on mistakes I've made, like personally made or bought books and you either not finish the book or you finish the book, meaning to implement the advice and not doing it. So creating a system that forces you to follow through, at least on some of the key elements of these things that you're doing, or if you make a grand plan, like I was a queen of creating an editorial calendar where I started to stumble was when it came time to actually writing and scheduling the posts. Mm -hmm. So I identify those, what are the fun tasks and then reward yourself like with those tasks after you've done some of the grunge work, like that was the system I needed to put in place. So I don't get to make my next editorial calendar for the next quarter till I've got this quarter all the way scheduled. So yeah, you know, things like that. Yeah. It's the reward, you know, the reward system that you put in place. Yeah. I am guilty too. I mean, when you were talking, I'm putting my hand up in the air, like, <laughs> yep, I'm a not follow through as well. Follower through I do not follow through on a lot of things. I have all these grandiose ideas. And then when it comes to execution is, you know, is where I struggle the most, but um, yeah, you know, following through on your ideas, or at least knowing which ideas to follow through on, you know, which ones sure. line up with your goals. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier too, about goal planning and, 
you know, having these goals and being aware of them all year. Um, when I did work in the real world, one of the things we had were, you know, we would plan out our goals annually. And then if we wanted to take on a new project partway through the year, we were kind of forced to look back at our goals and say, does this line up with what we want to accomplish this year? And if not, we had to put it aside and wait until, you know, if it was important enough next year, we can make a goal for that and we can incorporate it then. But really you want to look and see, will this task help me reach the goals that I've set for this year? I'm glad you brought that up because I know we hadn't kind of scripted this part out, but that is truly in terms of mistakes that are made. I think one that is really gets in a lot of our ways because you make your goals for the year and we want to increase page views. We want to grow Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram and, you know, TikTok. If you're doing TikTok, we want to grow all these numbers. We want to grow revenue and you cannot, at least not all at once. You cannot be present on Instagram every single day and also grow your list and grow engagement there and grow your traffic because each of those deserves your attention. So like setting a specific goal, knowing where it is you're trying to get, like, so you can tackle that one, focus on that one, hit your goal, and then you can move on to a new one. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we get caught up in the new shiny object syndrome. You know, we see what's coming out. We want to tackle that and go full throttle into that, but that causes us then to either get burnt out or not follow through on the things we should be doing because we're so busy chasing the shiny object, you know, and the new social platform or something new that's come along down the pike. So, you know, being aware of that and just always comparing these new projects you want to take on against your goals can kind of help you stay on track and make sure that you are achieving the things you're setting out to achieve. Um, one of the great ways for kind of mitigating, I think, all of these mistakes and I maybe really it's it's best to say it's the way these mis- what these mistakes boil down to is not having a good system for managing your business, right? I've been guilty of that in the in the beginning. You know, I used to write everything down in a notebook and a paper planner, and I did you know it was a pseudo system, right? <laughs> I mean, I felt like I was doing something. I was writing stuff down. You know, I had all my pretty post-it notes and moving them around with my colored pens, and it felt good. But it really I wasn't organized. Mm-hmm. I had different aspects, you know, in line, like I knew my editorial calendar, but I had no idea what expenses were out there. You know, was I being consistent? Was I following through? What did I have to do tomorrow? You know, all that stuff wasn't there. Um, I don't know about you, Corinne, but I, actually, I think I kind of do because, <laughs> because we're very similar, but I know I've tried all the tools. I think you've tried all the tools too, right? We've done what? Asana, yep, Trello, ClickUp. ClickUp. Yep. I tried making Google Drive work yes. for a long time because I liked Google products. Yep. With Google Tasks. And- Monday, I tried Monday. Yes, I forgot about Monday. I did. And you that tried Infinity, didn't Infinity? you? Infinity. That yep. was the one I hadn't tried. Yeah, I yeah. tried all of them with this concept of getting organized. Because you're right, it does all boil down to organization, much like in like your personal life, like you know, we've struggled with this too, where I'll buy a bunch of poster board in bulk because I don't want to go dashing out at the last minute when somebody has a project. And then sure enough, I can't remember where I stored it. And we go looking all over the house. We waste time (laughs) looking for it. Can't find it. Still have to run to the store and spend more money on poster board when I had 10 stored in some closet somewhere here anyway. Same with our business, right? Like if you can't find stuff easily and it's not in one spot, we're wasting time, we're wasting money, we're wasting brain power. 
Um, so yeah, tried all the different tools until, and we landed on the same one, ironically landed on Airtable, which really was the magic elixir for me to get everything in one spot where I could find it. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Like when I landed on Airtable, I'm like, this is what I've been looking for. Um, it really helps my, the way my brain works. Like Trello was too wishy-washy for me. I love the checklist function in Asana. ClickUp was, had a huge learning curve um, and just didn't function the way my brain functioned. Um, but when I landed on Airtable, it was like, this was made for me. <laughs> it was yeah. very streamlined, very organized. And for those of you that aren't familiar, Airtable is kind of like a spreadsheet in a database had a baby, right? And I know those of you that are afraid of spreadsheets, I totally get it. There's so many templates out there though, that you don't even have to worry about creating your own. You can work from, from predefined templates, but it's the data is so organized and can be manipulated so well with custom sorts that it really limits. um, While it's limiting what you see, it's expanding what you can do. And that's one of the reasons I love it. Right. And that was what was missing from a lot of those project management programs as well. They make it really easy to check like to-do lists, like to track that kind of stuff. You couldn't get any of the like math functions that I wanted to see when it came to stuff that was really important to me. Am I making money on this? Am I wasting money on this? So you really need the math functions, but you can't make a spreadsheet look pretty, which you can in Airtable. And that's what I like. You can get all of that data that you're talking about that helps you make smart, you know, streamlined decisions, but it's in a pretty, and I like that. I had the colored pens too, and the different <laughs> highlighters and my colored post-it notes because it's aesthetically pleasing, which makes the work more fun, more fun and easier yeah. to do. And Airtable really merged those two um, with the added benefit of, I can share what I want to share with the people that I work with so that you can, you can, you know, you get the same thing that you get in Asana with the project management, Mm -hmm. um, but with all of the functionality that I was looking for. So, yeah. What I like about it too, is like you said, you have the math function, so you can perform formulas and calculations, things like that, but you can also manipulate dates. Um, So I can, you know, put data in there and say, remind me in seven days, like pull this data out in seven days. So I know to go back and check on X, Y, Z. I even have my to-do list in there. I track my entire to-do list within Airtable and I've set it up so that it automatically, if it's a recurring task, once I check it off, it's going to automatically add it back to my list based on the number of days. So if it's weekly, it's going to add seven days to that due date and then put it back on my list. So I know I need to do it again. So no more manually creating lists in 3000 notebooks. Cause I'm so so guilty of that. I think I have four or five notebooks on my desk right now that I'm, that I'm working from, but yeah, this has been Airtable is, was life-changing for me. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, and I don't, one, I don't lose things now. Like, so what it takes a little while, like I had to develop some good systems about using it. So, you know, just like anything, like if you've organized your Tupperware cabinet, 
it only stays organized if you take the extra couple of seconds, right? To put the Tupperware, you know, <laughs> stack it nicely when you put it away. Yeah. So Airtable is the same. Like I had to train myself to, if I, you know, downloaded images to grab the Dropbox link and add it to Airtable so that when I went to do something else with that blog post, I could access the images without having to go looking for them. But mm -hmm. once you've got those systems in place, like I, again, just that beauty of knowing I only have to go to one place to look for it, that I can manipulate the information however I want so I can see it the way that I'm looking for it right now. So if I want to look for something by blog post or by date or by keyword, I can go in and sort the data that way. Um, it's, it really has been life-changing. Yeah. It has saved me hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And uh, I can't even imagine how much time it's saved Countless me. hours. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we could go through some of the things that we track in Airtable. So okay. just looking right off of the bat, I'm just kind of off the cuff here. I'm thinking I do all of my content management and I know you, you do too, too in Airtable. So I am tracking, you know, what ideas I have for content, any content that I've purchased, because how guilty are we of buying things and forgetting we have it? Like I'm I probably have like four or five in my email box inbox right now of things I've purchased that I haven't moved over into Airtable, but I need to do it so that I know it's there and I don't forget about it. Um, I'm also tracking, like Corinne mentioned, keywords and SEO data in there. So I'm actually putting in the keywords and, you know, that I'm trying to rank for so that I know and I can, you know, use that data to make decisions later on and see how that, that content is, is performing. Right. So I do, yeah, you know, I use it for my content workflow. So I track everything in there from, you know, when I've done the keyword research, whether like I keep track of the seasons and everything with that, but whether I've ordered a video for it, I have the link to the video file, mm -hmm. the link to the image files there. The big piece that I've been using lately, um, because I hired a new VA to handle my social media is in my social media base. She does. So I did away with tailwind because I was getting terrible, uh, terrible results with my tailwind uh, pins. Not that everyone does, but for me, I was, I was really it, mm -hmm. live pinning was working much better, but staying organized with what I had pinned to what, like that was a nightmare. So I set it up in Airtable, And so now the VA does that for me. She shares my pins. She, for each new post and for all of my popular posts and for my seasonal posts, she goes in, she adds the pin there. We usually try to have two to five pins per post. And so she tracks it all in Airtable so that we're not pinning the same pin, you know, on, multiple times on the same day or ever to the same board. So she tracks all that in there and it takes her like 10 minutes to do all of my pins using mm -hmm. the system in Airtable and then sharing, doing Facebook shares because uh, that has been picking up the traffic from Facebook. But that's another one of those, like you have to be consistent with that. If you fall off on the Facebook posting, Facebook forgets who you are and you got to start all over and it's about <laughs> a six week progress six week process to get back on their radar. So mm -hmm. um, now that I, and since consistency was very difficult for me and going back to that, I'd like to say, if you have an inconsistent personality, like I do, I had to hire in consistency. So I found a couple yeah. of VAs that are very consistent. They're very good at details like that. So I can hand that off to them. So the consistent parts taken care of. 
And I think that kind of stuff, you know, by hiring stuff out, sometimes it makes you more consistent because now you've got skin in the game. You're paying for this. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be the speed bump in the process anymore because you're, you're by slowing it down. It's stuff you're paying for that you're not getting results on. So it's a little bit of accountability built in there. It is. Yeah. Cause nothing's worse than the VA contacting me and saying, I'm all out of work. What do you want me to work on next? Like you yeah. are, you, there's real pressure to stay ahead of that. You can't just let things go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, social media, I track their keywords. Um, I do a lot with, those are the three bases. I probably use the, the most in Airtable is my content workflow or content SEO and social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do also in, I have a base where I keep track of Again, all of the ideas, all of my notes. Uh, oh, you know, the one I go to all the time, I don't think of because I don't add stuff to it, is I have a, ba- I have a base where I keep all of my business information. So all the times yes. I've got to go grab my brand colors or fonts like to share with someone or my EIN or, you know, I need to contact my host for something. All of that information lives in one place, like all that stuff that I'd normally have to go digging through emails for, or, you know, searching in Google Drive to see where I'd saved some random file or heaven forbid the notebook on my desk, like going and flumming through there to find my EIN, which is literally what I used to do every time I needed it in the past. So uh, like I, I get into that one a lot, but I don't. That's what I, I, that's what I use it the most for is to get mm-hmm. into it, to get information that I've already stored there. Cause for the most part, none of that stuff is changing. So I don't update stuff there. I'm right. not adding new things to that, to that base. No, that's a good, um, a good type of information you can use Airtable to track. So you don't need any robust functionality for that, but just a landing spot where you can put all of that information so that when you know you need it, you just go to one tool, right? There's one place you go, you can easily find it, grab it and be on your way. You use it a lot for teams, right? Yeah. I was just going to say that. So one of my favorite functions for Airtable, and I spent a lot of time building this out on my end is I use it to manage my team. So you guys know, um, I've done podcasts, um, back in the beginning, we can link to it on how to use interns in your business. I use a lot of interns every semester. I work with a lot of interns and I use Airtable to manage that process. So everything from onboarding them, I have them fill out, um, you know, a form on Airtable that stores all of their data for me. So they enter in their email address and how many credit hours they need and, and all that good stuff. But I also manage their timesheets in there and make them track their time within Airtable. I use it as a landing zone for all of my training documentation. So as I'm creating my workflows, I put the job description, the video tutorial, um, what tools they need access to, to provide, to, to complete a task. And then probably one of the most important thing is who's been assigned to that task. So I don't forget, because if you have, like, I have several interns working with me each semester, it's easy to forget who's doing what. Um, so I can easily make a note for myself as to who's assigned to what task. Um, so that has been a huge, huge um, organizational uh, win for me is getting this all into Airtable and running smoothly. Um, it's one of my favorite functions, in fact, of the system. 
My favorite thing about Airtable, I have to say, and I think it's just because I've invested so much in so many other tools, is that it's free. Like, oh, yes. I, I am on the paid plan now because I wanted to do more with it. And not, because I was using it so much, I finally started to hit some of the record limits. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it is amazing how much you are, you're able to do on their free plan, which was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And in fact, if I wanted to work around it, I probably could still make it work on the free plan, but um, yeah. like the paid plan was it, they, I got it during, I think we got it at the same time we yeah. upgraded to a paid plan. They, you know, they run sales frequently. So it was a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, I, go okay. ahead. I was going to say, and then we didn't end up actually paying for it because you get credits anytime you send someone over. So I don't think I'm out of, even though I upgraded, I'm on the paid plan. Don't think I'm actually out of pocket anything for Airtable. Yeah. So, so whenever I would invite an intern to, in, to input their data into Airtable, when I would use them in my workflow, I would get a credit because they signed up for Airtable to use for a free account, right? They had to sign up for the free account to do work within my Airtable. So I was getting a credit every time one of my interns signed up. So, you know, I had numerous interns every semester. So that's, you know, fall semester, spring semester, summer semester. So three times a year and sometimes during intercession, if I could swing it. Um, I would have anywhere from five to 10 students signing up and getting credits for that. So like Corinne said, I'm on the paid plan mostly because I wanted the pretty colors. (laughs) I really love the extra colors and there was some extra functionality I wanted to, but I've never paid a dime out of pocket because I racked up all those credits. I was able to do it. And I know Corinne and you do this too. I have a free offer that I put out to my email subscribers where I give them a free Airtable recipe organizer that they can, so every, you know, to use it, they have to download the free version of Airtable and I'm getting a $10 credit for that. So I'm, you know, as we're introducing more people to Airtable, we're getting that credit and it's helping us, you know, do that. So if you decide you want to use Airtable and we'll put a link in the show notes (laughs) so you can access it. It's not costing you anymore to do that like any other affiliate link, but you can share these types of products with your followers and build up your own free credit so that if you do decide you need to upgrade to the paid plan, you can do it without any out-of-pocket expense. Right. Yeah. Those, uh, those credits will just accumulate on your account until you decide to cash in on them. So, um, and a friend of mine that I, she had, Use one of the ones, one of the freebies that I put out to my audience. She is funny because I forget that like real people I know are on my mailing list, like all my friends subscribed <laughs> and my relatives. So one of my friends had been like, oh, what is the table thing? And she signed up so that she could get the, the opt-in. And it's funny because, you know, I'm a dinosaur, so I don't do very much on my phone. Like I prefer to work on desktop when I can see stuff. She loves to work on her phone because she's always out and about. She loves that you can use Airtable on her phone. Like the the mobile app for it is just as robust. So um, she prefers, she uses Airtable on her phone only. Like she doesn't use it on the desktop function, which is funny because I very rarely access it on my my phone. Um, But the other thing that cracks me up about it is when we are mutually working on a on a project. So Christina and I share a couple bases uh, or, and we work on projects together is we can both be on real time 
and Mm -hmm. you'll be typing and I can see what you're doing. Like, it's amazing that all those real-time changes occur. And I assume that they show up in the mobile app too, while you're doing that. So, and I set up my, my daughter who's getting married in May. I set up her whole wedding plan in Airtable. So she updates in real time in the in the wedding base so that we can keep track of which vendors have been paid and um, you know, which gifts have been purchased. So that's awesome. There's nothing it can't do. (laughs) (laughs) No. And I'm glad you brought up gifts because on a personal note, I totally used it this past Christmas to organize my holiday gift giving. Right. So I kept track of everything that I wanted. Like when I had ideas of what to get somebody. And then if I ordered it, I, you know, I marked that in Airtable that it was ordered. So I didn't forget about it. And then if it was wrapped. So I, again, because my brain is like a sieve most of the time, um, it's just a great way to keep track of stuff. And when you go in there, you're going to notice like there's so many different fields you can use, right? You have drop down lists, you have check boxes, you have um, one of my favorites is the attachments. You can attach photos, you can attach screenshots, you can attach PDFs, documents, whatever. I mean, images, whatever you have. So you can store all that stuff within your Airtable base, like just get in there and play around. If you're not familiar with it, it's such a great tool. You could even put checklists in there. And I will say that was the thing to me, like ClickUp, I think ClickUp was pretty, like there was a lot of the colors in it. And I thought that it would be easier to use because of how they did the folders. But for some reason, the way it's organized and the way my brain wants things to work, I, it just never was intuitive to me. Mm-hmm. Airtable, although there are some things like you have to learn the language, you know, they, they refer to some things in ways that I wouldn't refer, like the word base, right? Like that's not intuitive to most people. But in general, I feel like it's pretty easy to figure out when you're in there, like where, where you think you should look for something, it's typically where it is. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's very logically laid out. Yeah. It's not tricky to learn. Yeah. Um, one of the things I do within Airtable that um, it's, it's kind of one of the newer features, not features, one of the newer things I've been transitioning over to Airtable for is I've created a notebook system where I can track my notes and ideas. So normally I would, like I, I, we were just saying, I have multiple pieces of scrap paper on my desk with random notes written on them. I have at least three notebooks sitting here with notes written throughout. Um, I've tried Evernote. I've tried Notepad. I've tried OneNote. I think I've tried all the systems and I just could never get a system that worked for me. But I built a little bit of a notebook system within Airtable where I can keep track and organize my notes that way. And then what's really great about it is if I want to email it to somebody, it's just a quick click and I can email that note right over to somebody. So it's, it's, and this is all in the free plan, folks. Yeah, there's a, this isn't part of the paid plan. This is part of the free plan. It sounds like we're really overselling Airtable. It's because we really, really do love it. Like we really love it. Total game changer for me. Um, really solved most of my organizational issues. Yeah. So, and I'm laughing because my dog's snoring over here in the corner, which I'm pretty sure you can hear. So I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So there's so many ways you can use this to manage your business. Oh, one of my, I, mean, I am so One of your favorite things is that. <laughs> Stop it. Yes. <laughs> yes. One of my favorite things is um, we've built in an ROI checker. 
to see if a tool that you've purchased actually has a return on investment. So you can enter in, you know, in the one field, you put the cost of the item and then you can put in your RPM and it does all the math behind the scenes. And then boom, it tells you keep it or ditch it if you're not making the money on it. And to me, that is, that is brilliant. And it's just, it's an interesting way that you can manipulate Airtable to make it do things that you want it to do. That's true. I know you always say everything's your favorite, but that really is one of my favorite features (laughs) because, and I don't know if other people are guilty of this, but I definitely am where I think I have a sense of what's happening, right? Like I think because I'm in analytics a lot, I have a sense of which posts are doing well or how my traffic is. But then when I like fine tune it and, you know, like I think that Google search traffic is up, but it's because I didn't actually dig deep, you know, deep enough to see that, um, you know, Pinterest traffic actually spiked this month. So that's why traffic remained, you know, consistent. So things like that, like I thought Slickstream was, I was going to ditch it because I didn't think that it was bringing me a lot of page views and I ran it through the ROI calculator and it actually was more than paying for itself. So I kept it because yeah, my gut instinct about which way things are going is sadly often wrong. So uh, I, I like that function. Now, when we talk about ROI calculator, this is something that we've built, that we've created the formula for. It's not something you're not going to go into Airtable and put an ROI calculator and find it. But um, I think this is, and this is one of the ways Corinne and I, I think we work so well together is we both have this brain um, where we like to build things like this. Like we've, before Airtable, we both had, you know, spreadsheets that had complicated formulas and things to, to make the data do what we wanted it to do. But we've transitioned that into Airtable where we're manipulating the features of Airtable to make it do what we want it to do with the data. Um, it's just, you know, something we love to do. I mean, I'm happiest when I'm building in a spreadsheet. Like if I get stressed out over something, my first inclination is to open up a spreadsheet or now I go to Airtable and, and play around with formulas and figure out how to organize data. It just relaxes my brain. Most people, it would probably stress out your brain. For me, it's what relaxes me. I'm a nerd like that. I told you in my, in my bio, I am a spreadsheet ninja. I just, I know makes me that's happy. actually how we bonded though. We both yeah. fell in love with the air table at the same time and wanted to do so much with it. So yeah, yeah, that was how we yeah. became BFFs. I think so. We bonded over air table, <laughs> <laughs> which is I, another reason probably why we talk about it so much. It I was know. not only game changing for my business, but it introduced yeah. me to one of my best friends. Yeah. So. And, and I don't know when I love something, I love it hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I am loyal forever. Therefore I'm a diehard air table fan. It's going to be hard to to change me and to convince me otherwise. But, um, you know, speaking of which, you know, Corinne and I have developed so many things to help our own businesses kind of work smarter, not harder. So we're always going back and forth going, look what I just created an air table. And you're, you would be like, Oh, let's take that and do this to it and take it to the next level. And we've just, you know, we've, we're constantly building and tweaking and, and making a system that, that kind of does everything we want it to that, um, we put together a freebie and we're going to give this to you guys. It's our Airtable quick tip guide. And we're even giving you a free base. And we're going to link to that in the show notes so that you can grab those freebies and, and play around with it yourself and see, you know, if it's something you can use and open up your mind and think about different ways you can use it in your business. 
Right. And we were, I mean, I know we talked a lot about, because like we said, we run our entire businesses out of it now. Like we've moved everything there over time. We eventually got it there. So if that scared you too much, cause it was a <laughs> lot, like the guide is very basic. It's Airtable yeah. for bloggers. So just really getting your feet wet with it. And then that sample base just has a little bit of some of the key functions just so you can kind of get in and see what's mm-hmm. possible, like, so that you're not overwhelmed. Don't be afraid. So if you want to just dip your feet in and check it out to see if it would work for you, this is a, this is a good yeah. place to start. No need to be a spreadsheet ninja or an Airtable nerd like us. I mean, we've made that free base so that you can play around with it and feel a little more comfortable with it. And as with anything, just make a copy. And if you mess it up, go back to the original, right? Don't worry about, you yeah. know, messing things up. That's It does that's have a I really do. nice undo fun- function. So you yeah. can, yeah, rewind you know, if you yeah. make a mistake. Yeah. So I don't know. Did we... Did we uh, answer all the Airtable questions or talk about all of our love? <laughs> Get it? We professed our love profusely here. <laughs> I know. Uh, we've got some awesome things planned for the Smart Influencer podcast coming forward. I'm so excited to have Corinne here with me. I think it's just going to bring a new dynamic and, you know, a new level of um, expertise to the podcast. So I'm super excited for this partnership. Um, but we all want to know too, what are you struggling with? Is there an area of your business that you, um, that you struggle with, or is there a way that we can help you work smarter? Um, tell us, we want to know. We really do. And I think that's been kind of the impetus behind all, everything that we're doing is that mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, we want to help this community. We, we both love our fellow influencers, love this community. And after years of making mistakes and learning on the job, uh, we wanted to be able to give some of that back. So yeah, um, it's kind of know. like the, it's kind of like the hotel lobby at a conference, right? When you're sitting there, you know, you, you pay money to go to these conferences, but let's face it, most of the real learning happens in the hotel lobby. And I think that's kind of where both of us are coming from. We want to be that, recreate that hotel lobby environment. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be, nothing stupid. Nothing is, you know, too newbie for us. Just ask your questions and, you know, we will do our best to answer them and get you the results and the answers that you're looking for. So if you have things that you'd like us to to talk about or questions that you have that we could hopefully answer and and find future podcast uh, interviewees for, you can DM us on Facebook at at the blog hive or on Instagram at blog underscore hive. Yep. Just shoot us a message and we will get you added we will get that added to our list of things to cover. Um, but we've got lots of great things coming up. I know we've had, we've had plenty of good topics prior to Corinne joining us. So definitely go back. And if you're new to us today, just go back and listen to those other ones. Um, but going forward, we've got some fun stuff on the books. All right. So that, I think that's all we have for today. So hopefully we see you over in the blog hive or on one of our other networks so we can continue the conversation, but thanks for listening, everybody. Wrap up. 
So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Corinne and I. We have definitely made our share of mistakes along the way, but I hope that we were able to show you how to avoid similar mistakes or if you've already made them, how to overcome them. Don't forget to check out all of the links mentioned in today's episode. We've shared them in the show notes. And as always, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. This truly helps us so much. And of course, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you so much for listening. Corinne and I truly appreciate you. Now, go make today great. Thanks for listening to the Smart Influencer Podcast with Christina and Corinne. Catch all of the episodes and more at digitalceocircle.com.